Hey, 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 welcome to the Theta Gang Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGang.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thank you for tuning in. Just as a disclaimer, these are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast and future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. I am literally just another average retail trader, just like you. I am not a guru. I promise. As you can tell, your boy's nose is just a little stuffy. Uh, I think I'm coming down with something, but it's all good. Gonna smash this episode, eat some Panda Express, and then uh, you know hit the hit hit the hay uh, a little early tonight. So bear with me here. Uh, sorry for sounding extra nasally uh, than I usually am, but let's hop into this hot earnings week. All right, Monday. This is the day that the episode comes out before open i should have actually probably mentioned this last week because it's prior to open on monday i need to start looking one week ahead notes to self um, but by the time you're listening to this uh spotify and at&t have already reported if you're listening to this the morning of the release uh october 28th after close on monday on october 28th you have beyond meat google and t-mobile if you guys know me, uh, you guys know that I've had a pretty bearish position on Beyond Meat uh, for the last few weeks. I've been selling calls on the regular, been doing pretty well with those. And um, as you notice, if you go to the trades tab on ThetaGain.com, like right now, or you know, went on there last week, you'd notice that I didn't play really uh, that much Beyond. And that is because there are other earnings, but also because of the lockup period ending specifically on the 29th on Tuesday. There's just so much... Uh, reliance on Beyond reporting really well at earnings that it's just a little bit too volatile for me to get in um, with such a bearish stance but it's also too volatile for me to feel comfortable going in with an iron condor so Beyond Meat I'm hoping that it pops like you know it spikes you know maybe like six ten dollars whatever like a ten percent bump and then I'll start selling calls on the way down again Um, but right now you know the chances of it gapping down just feels a lot less likely than it being flat or like having some sort of prop up with some like news about like oh yeah McDonald's has it in like two branches in Canada or or something like that you know so I'm staying away from beyond for earnings but I'm hoping it goes up so I can sell calls going forward all righty on Tuesday before open we have Shopify MasterCard Grubhub and GM Last week, Amazon reported, um, and Amazon fell maybe six or seven percent. But the next day on Friday, it had you know retraced most of its losses. Shopify very much the the same did that. Uh, Shopify went up, um, you know, just like five six percent normally on any day. You know, if you follow Shopify, you know that's like poor, pretty normal price action. Um, but when Amazon missed, Shopify erased. Um, all of its gains for the day and then some, but then crept back up. So it closed on Friday at 317, um, where it's chilling at you know the 313, 317 support line that's been at for maybe like a month now. So it's interesting to see where Shopify will go after the bell or before the bell, sorry, uh, on Tuesday. And then after the bell on Tuesday, we have AMD, Amgen, EA, and Zendesk. Um, I don't know too much about Amgen or Zendesk. I don't follow the prices or, or the price action close enough to give like any sort of any opinion on them. I just thought I'd mention it because I know they're pretty popular um, tickers to trade. Um, though EA, uh, you know, there's always there's the, always that talk about that the person in the house uh, that put you know loot boxes on a bill. 
uh, get it, trying to get them banned or something like that. That's always something to look out for when you trade EA because that type of news would destroy, you know, their their revenue, their gaming revenue, um, because they have all these micropayments in every single game. You know, in Madden you have Mutt, which is you know like this fantasy league. You you have that type of, you know, micropayment system with any every sports game EA has, and there's people dumping like thousands of dollars into that, uh, as well as all their other games that give you know skins for guns and etc. etc. Um, Going to AMD or talking about AMD, um, AMD is reporting after it closed on Tuesday, just like I said. Um, it is chilling at what? Let's see here. AMD stock 3271. Um, it crept up you know, a good 3% on Friday, probably in lieu of earnings this week. Um, there's definitely a resistance at 34. Um, if it could break past 34, that'd be pretty cool. Um, but you know, maybe selling the 35 call credit spreads might be pretty good for me. Um, that sounds like a move that I would do. AMD is just one of those you know tickers that I just like to be involved in um, because it, it, it hits close to home. Uh, I feel like you know, be on Reddit enough, um, yeah, you tend to follow AMD regardless of how much you care about microchips or not. Um, but yeah, looking to sell call credit spreads and maybe you know a naked put. Um, to start the wheel. I really do want to start the wheel sooner or later, um, but I don't know if I want to put the responsibility on myself to build the UI on datagame.com to support the wheel, um, to make it you know intuitive enough to know what, exactly what's going on when someone starts one. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. Before open on Wednesday, we have General Electric, Sony, Yum Brands, uh, Crocs, <laughs> ADP, and Wingstop. And then after close on Wednesday is Apple, Facebook, Starbucks, Twilio, Lyft, Etsy. Um, you know, we are in the end game here. Uh, I think Wednesday is going to be a very, very funny and lucrative day for a lot of traders, um, especially ones on Reddit. I think there's going to be a lot of money uh, like gained and lost. So I'm kind of excited just to like... <laughs> to uh to to see those posts because uh, those are pretty entertaining but yeah again apple facebook starbucks twilio lyft and etsy i have no opinion on any of them though when i did go into the apple store to pick up my iphone pro um the the lady told me that you know prior to the 11 pro she had never seen as as many people as she did 11 Pro lineup than she did on any other release so that's pretty cool that I feel like I have some sort of like actual DD but I'm, I'm just not going to act on it because I don't like playing earnings on you know naked options maybe I'll sell puts maybe I'll sell puts but that's 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 extreme maybe blazing through the rest of the week we have before open on Thursday Altria and Cigna after close on Thursday, we have Pinterest and Funko. Funko are, is that toy brand. Um, and then Friday before open, we have Alibaba, Chevron, and ExxonMobil. All right, that about wraps it up for earnings. Uh, I just want to give a brief, very brief reminder that earnings uh, are very binary. Sometimes they're not even binary, right? Maybe they're trinary because the stock could go flat. So no matter how many, um, you know, how much DD you or due diligence you can gather, 
um, the stock will always find a way to go the opposite way. That's why people tend to not play earnings. But if you do want to play, make sure you're playing with money that you can afford to lose. Make sure you can afford rent. Make sure you can pay your utilities. Make sure you can afford food. All of that good stuff. And then make sure you play with earnings. What I suggest is you do Theta Gang strategies, uh, rack up that profit, and then maybe if you want, you can blow that profit on an earnings play if you really want to. But, you know, just again, really lucrative week. Lots of big names. Very exciting. We're going to see lots of posts. But keep your heads on straight, and you should be good. All right, moving on to the ThetaGain.com website updates. Um, this week, I've been working very hard on making sure that you guys can see notifications uh, when someone replies to you. Uh, that is definitely one of the biggest flaws of ThetaGain.com right now is that it's hard to you know know when someone responds to maybe a question that you wrote or respond to one of the trades that you opened. So. Um, I'm still very much working on it. I want to implement it the best way possible. I don't want it to be annoying. I want you to opt in if you want browser push notifications. I want you to opt in if you want to do anything um, because that that is my thing, right? You know, when you guys signed up, you saw that little, little footer uh, below the uh, input bar that said, like, uh, no BS newsletter, none of that. I don't do any of that. And I want, again, I'm... I think about I think about you guys so much when I build this stuff um, because I want to use this stuff too, and I'm very much in the mindset of eat your own dog food, right? Is, is that, eat your cake and eat it too? Make your cake and eat it too. It, it, <laughs> I'm so bad at this. Um, it's it's one of those. Uh, but yeah, I'm very much in that realm. I'm not going to build anything that I don't want to use. So you can very much guarantee that your experience at ThetaGain.com is going to continue to be sick. So um, working on notifications right now should be out sometimes this, this week or you know sometime next weekend. Um, but working very hard on it. Thank you. One more small ThetaGain.com update. This morning, Sunday, on the 27th on October, we reached 420 members of ThetaGang.com, so that's pretty cool if you want to give it up for you guys. Uh, there are 419 other people just like you uh, wanting to get more into the ThetaGang mindset. So um, just super grateful that we are growing so fast. I actually need to start you know, building some uh, you know, just tools and insights on you know, making sure that the site is A-OK -okay and you know, when we reach uh, you know that four-digit number, and then that five-digit number. That everything is a-okay -okay as we as we scale out. So, pretty cool. Uh, you know, pretty cool and good problem to have. And I'm just super thankful. All right, let's get into the meat of the episode now. Um, last week, I told you guys that we would get into more. Um, lower level things, you know, getting into a little bit more complex things, um, like explaining, you know, how trades work or what certain strategies want to get into the green, um, you know, and etc. etc. Um, I thought about it really hard, and you know, I think I want to start off with the naked options first, and then I want to get into the spreads, and then all the different uh, combination of spreads that make up all the other different types of trades like iron condors and you know maybe like, like jade lizards whatever whatever 
So today's goal is for me to explain what a naked call is and you know why you'd buy one. Um, you can go on Google absolutely after this episode to um, you know get a better understanding of the details of naked calls and any other strategies I explain in future episodes. But my main goal is to give you a um, a, a formulated structure on what you would want to look up on Google later right so I might not explain a concept too in depth um, be just because you know I don't have a whiteboard in front of you I don't have um, you know a video to show you you're listening you're literally listening to my voice in a car and so I need to make it as enjoyable and digestible as possible so again we're not gonna go super in depth I'm gonna actually try my best to not go too in depth um, but you know definitely give you enough information so you can absolutely do your research uh, later alright so naked calls you can buy naked calls and you can sell naked calls um, I have a great episode on buying versus selling options that I did previously um, but I'll dabble in some points I mentioned beforehand in this episode uh, so you don't have to quite listen to that one just yet though if you did listen to that one before listening to this one you would you'd have a great you'd have a great time um, but anyway so a naked call is a bullish position if you buy one you think the stock will go up so let's make this easy um, you know snap just recently had their earnings they are chilling at around fourteen dollars right now if you were bullish on snap and you had to buy naked calls right I, I'm not a big advocate on them but if you had to buy it and you just really are that bullish on snap um, then you would buy maybe theoretically the sixteen dollar strike price seventeen dollar strike price snap calls to make it easier to understand, if it, if you did buy, say for example, the $16 strike price um, for Snap, and Snap did go up and it passed $16, you would make return on your uh, your investment, right? You would you made the correct bet, you called the right you know direction, and you should get rewarded for that. So buying a naked call is very much um, you know picking a direction which is going up. That's why you buy a naked call. Um, instead of you know buying a naked put which is you know betting the stock will go down but that's for a future episode but buying a naked call for snap uh, currently trading at 14 if you bought like maybe the $16 strike price if it did pass 16 before the contract expired uh, you're looking at gains I can tell right now that if you're an intermediate or like a veteran trader, you're just fuming in your seat. You're like Junie, but you're not. You're not telling them about the theta and you know the break even and all this stuff. Chill, fam. Okay, I'm trying to get you know the newbie trader to one to two, and then you know one to ten, and then ten to twenty, and then twenty to one hundred. I gotta really, really make sure that you're eased into this. So we have to revisit the idea that you had to have paid to get into this position for snap I really love this example I think this is gonna go a long way and this might actually be how I explain it uh, for the future series okay so we have to quickly revisit the fact that we had to enter the trade we had to pay to get into this trade right we didn't just uh, get these call options for free we had to pay a premium to enter this trade right so for example um, if we wanted to buy the $16 strike price for snap on December 20th this contract expires in 54 days that's a good bit of time that's two months 
um, you know, and you have to pay $38 right now for it. So you buy a snap naked call for that expires in December 20 um, that for the $16 strike price and it's $38 now let me ask you if snap was at maybe like $16 and 5 cents on December 20th did you make money or did you lose money on this trade the answer is you lost money right you have to not only guess the direction um, you know by buying a call or a put you know depending on what direction you want the stock to go but you have to cross the strike price plus the premium that you paid to enter the trade right you didn't get this call contract for free so you have to make um, that much more money um, to go into the green and so that goes falls into like this topic of you know how much is a fair price to pay to get into these contracts and like what determines these prices and you know let, let me just tell you right now that, that that will absolutely be a future episode but you know it's definitely supply and demand who's willing to sell you this contract and you know how popular this stock is um etc etc so taking this example you know of purchasing a snap a call option for December 20th for 38 bucks um, you know snap going to $16 um, you know uh, by December 20th it's it might be possible you know some news outlets you know give some upgrades or you know some financial institutions give some upgrades um, articles come out about like Evan Spiegel doing all these really cool things um, but let's take for example the 16 strike price contract for November 1st expiry in five days instead of 54 right this one expires next Friday so this call contract the $16 strike price for November 1st this coming Friday in five days is three dollars instead of thirty eight dollars so I hope now this makes a little bit more sense on how options are priced time is absolutely a factor in price time is money if you have more time for your option to be correct your contract to be correct your bet to be correct it's going to cost more so you have to find this balance of you know what your bet direction is like what the magnitude of the move of the move has to be um, and you know how much you want to pay and how much capital you want to tie up um, because you know you could very much buy you know like snap 16 strike price um, for like January 21st of 2022 like you can buy options like two years three years into the future um, but you know that is capital tied up that you're not spending anywhere else so you absolutely want to make sure that your um, you know your wealth is well or your portfolio is well allocated to different sectors or different strategies that you want to employ and not all your eggs are in one basket so that has to be one of the easiest parts of options to learn is that you know the more time you're allowed to have on your contract for your bet to be correct the more valuable an option is right like who doesn't want more time to be correct like there's just no instance of anything in life where that doesn't you know fall in order so more time on a contract the more expensive it will be now let's say for example 
things get heated, things get you know dicey, things are ramping up into an earnings call, right? Snap just previously had their earnings, um, so yeah, I feel like, and just because it's the earnings week, this is a great topic to talk about. There is a metric called IV, which is called implied volatility, that also uh, makes up some of the option price. So, for example, if you have a lucrative CEO that might, you know, tweet sometimes, uh, you know, changing you know, the, the dynamics of, you know, just how the stock trades, you know, one tweet can send it the stock price flying or, you know, plummeting, your volatility of your company's stock is going to be higher because, you know, it's expected to, you know, go up and down a lot more than maybe like a stable company. Uh, you know, a boring you know, like company, like maybe like 3M or some utility company, something like that. But um, anyway, when you enter a trade, IV is definitely one of the things that you should definitely look at. Um, you know, you don't want to enter naked calls into um, you know contracts that have IV percentages over like 70. You know, it's just it doesn't make sense because um, the expected move is too high and for you to have to guess correctly in the right direction and for the price magnitude to have to move so far correctly into your direction um, the odds just aren't in your favor anymore right you're, you're taking a bet that um, is priced in essentially um, and you're definitely going to you know lose more of those trades than you will win just you know law of large numbers you're not gonna uh, you might be able to execute like a good few uh, big trades, but if you continue doing that pattern, you will you will lose everything. It just that cannot work out in the long run. So that's why you see um, uh, you know famous swing traders that uh, don't trade all the time. They just trade a few amount of times per year, maybe. Um, that's another strategy for naked calls. You just do not do these all the time. It just does not make sense. Um, but anyway, going back to the IV and you know having lucrative CEO that tweets is absolutely a factor um, driving up implied volatility. Um, but there's like other events just that happen to every stock um, that drive up implied volatility, like earnings. You know, a lot is said in an earnings call. There are numbers that are released that no one else has access to until that you know moment in time. And until that moment in time is reached, implied volatility will rise. So that's why maybe like three or two weeks before earnings, uh, you will see implied volatility of all stocks that have their earnings date um, two or three weeks out uh, gradually rise. So by the time you know Snap had earnings this quarter, um, you know, Snap had like IV of maybe like a hundred ten percent or or something something absurd, right? Snap is always known to be a very binary event um, when you know earnings happen. Uh, wasn't so much the case this time. The stock has you know very much um, you know recovered uh, from the original dip, uh, chilling at fourteen now. But again. Uh, that's just another example of why you know even buying a naked put, which is guessing the direction of it going down, would have lost because um, not only did it not stay down, it it traded generally flat for the rest of the week. So um, there's a lot of you know timing and you know luck and you know DD necessary to make this strategy happen, and that's why I don't advocate for it. But 
I need to let you guys know and to teach you guys so in case if you do ever want to dabble or you do ever see this these type of trades online you know what you're looking at and what to look at etc a small little tidbit that made me like kind that, that helped me understand and apply volatility a little bit more and I think it's very much worth saying in this episode um, is that implied volatility doesn't care about direction if you have high implied volatility say for example snap right before their earnings like report um, then you know it's expected that it's going to go up or down uh, in, in a, for a very large number um, so you know if you have high IV it doesn't matter um, you know the stock is expected to go down a lot or up a lot and if you are buying naked call options or naked put options gonna hammer it home I'm gonna say it one more time not only do you have to be right with the direction right for our naked call we have to have the stock go up but then if IV is high we need the stock to go up a lot now imagine if there were you know in some magical world there you there was an option strategy where you wanted the price to go up or be flat right like that that sounds really really nice right like you like you don't care about the amount you just need it to be up at, at a certain direction um, just not caring about how much up so there there are strategies theta gang strategies that I will talk about in future episodes um, that and employ this uh, like strategy or this mindset of you know we don't care about the, uh, the about the magnitude per se we just care about maybe the general direction and it's staying flat etc okay and so we're nearing the end of the episode and I want to just dabble on two smaller points here um, just about the option pricing of these options for snap so let's revisit you know this December 20th you know 54 days out expiry $16 strike price of snap I mentioned previously it is um, $38 to enter the trade uh, if we wanted to buy uh, you know because snap is trading currently at $14 if we wanted to buy instead the $15 strike price um, it would cost us $62 to enter the trade and I hope that makes a little bit more sense as well because it is a lot easier to cross 15 than it is for 16 uh, for snap so again the easier you know way to think about pricing is how achievable is this goal in this time frame so 54 days um, it's easier to cross 15 than it is 16 um, if it's not obvious enough I want to touch really briefly on um, why you would ever buy already in the money contracts like the $12 strike price for snap instead of the $16 uh, strike price that's out the money for snap so I mean let's take for example um, snap is trading at $14 and you bought the $12 um, contract uh, for snap so the call contract for snap at $12 strike price is about two hundred and thirty dollars versus the thirty eight dollars for the sixteen dollar call contract so what does that what does that say that means you know people are expecting the twelve dollar call contract to be more valuable than the sixteen because it is more probable and it, it, it gives you more outs right to exit the trade with more value 
So if Snap is trading at $14 right now, and let's say for example, Snap by December 20th ends up at 13 bucks. What that means is your $12 contract is now worth $100. Um, but you know, that $16 call contract that you bought is worth zero. So you can argue that you know you might have lost um, less money by buying the 16, but it was way less probable to happen. In fact, it had an 80% chance of failure rather than having a 24% chance of failure for the $12 contract. So that's definitely like a rich man's game. If you have more money to spend, if you can take these less riskier bets that you know give you a much better rate of return, you know, it gives you more wins than losses, then if you keep a consistent trading pattern, you'll eventually come out in the green. But if you're constantly taking these smaller bets that you know have low probability, you will run out of money before you have enough tries to hit that one lottery ticket, right? Um, but there are a few cases on you know Wall Street bets. There are people that get lucky that turn 450 bucks to you know a few hundred grand. But those are the hero stories. Um, most people that trade options, if they do make any sort of income on options, are trading a lot more you know stable strategies um, naked call options are definitely not considered stable that's why you want to make them do spreads um, but that will be for a future episode but I hope this proves the point of why you would buy um, in the money contracts meaning you know snap is trading at 14 why you would buy the more expensive $12 call option rather than the out the money less expensive $16 option that was a hella long episode thank you for sticking around uh, I wanted to make it as least boring as least complex as possible that you'd be able to understand it. most of it in the car without you know Google browser uh, at your whim um, so you know hopefully the next episodes are shorter because I'll be referencing them back to this particular episode because I go over a lot of the basics about pricing and volatility um, but yeah uh, just want to give a extended shout out to Mr. John Pitchko and Mr. IV for their uh, undying support on Patreon. And we got a new Patreon supporter. His name is What's Up Doc. He was given a flare. His name is, or uh, his flare is Little Wabbit. If you don't know that reference, you too young. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so. That's that's about it for today's episode. If you want to go ahead and reach me on Twitter, it is at RealThetaGang. And if you want to reach me via email about anything, it would be advertising or if you collaboration or eh, literally anything, like you have problems about the website, it's Juni at ThetaGang.com. I'm always here. I'm always listening. And I'm just super grateful to have an audience like you guys. You guys are super awesome. And thank you.